really excited over the next four weeks to see your stress level go down in the area of your finances as you exchange the stress of the world for God's financial peace. Let me tell you, this series is for everybody. It's for every single person, no matter how great things may be going financially or how poor things may be going financially. This series is for you. But, but, but there are some of you in this place that really, really need this series. I mean, you need this series in the worst way. And you say, Herbert, how do I know if I really need this series in, in a huge way? Well, here, here are some indicators. If you spend more than you make a year, you really need this series. If you don't know if you spend more than you make a year, you need this series. If you don't care that you might be spending more than you make a year, you really need this series. If you owe more on your car than your car is worth, you need this series. If you don't know how much you owe on your car, you need this series. If you think paying the minimum payment on your credit card is good financial planning, you need this series. If the only money that you're saving in your savings account is for a new flat screen TV, you need this series. If you're depending on the government for your only means for retirement, you need this series. If you don't know how much debt you owe overall, you need this series. If you're making financial decisions that you hope your spouse never finds out about, you need this series. If you're doing something financially that you hope the IRS never discovers, you need this series. Less stress is what I want to talk to you about today. I want to give you six money stressors. Six money stressors. You see, these stressors that I'm going to address today, they create more stress in your life instead of decreasing the stress in your life. And for many of you, these are some key reasons why you're stressed out to the max in regards to your finances. Number one is this, getting our value from money. It creates stress, getting our value from money. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse number 15, then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Now, here's what I want you to notice. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And yet so many people's lives do consist in the abundance of their possessions. They think that their life is all about what they earn, what they have. It's all about possessions. We've even seen people over the last year that have literally killed themselves. They've given up their life because they lost some of their money. They had a lot of wealth and, and, and it decreased and they lost their life. They gave up their life because these people thought that their life consisted in the abundance of their possessions. And friends, so many people measure their self-worth by their net worth. They get their identity from money. They get their identity from, from possessions. Matter of fact, to, to feel good, there are people, and maybe this is you, to feel good about yourself. Some of you, you it, it, it's wrapped up in the clothes that you wear. You have to wear this name brand to feel good about yourself. You have to drive this kind of car to feel good about yourself. You got to live in this kind of house to feel good about yourself. And it's stressful life when your life consist and get your values from abundance and possessions. Can I tell you, trusting in money, trusting in possessions always leads 
to more stress. You see, there are three lies people buy into, three lies on why people get their value from money. The first lie is this, money will make me happy. I'm going to make my life all about money, all about the dollar bill, because more money will make me more happy. And that's just a lie. It's just not the truth. I'm telling you, you can make more money and still be miserable. Now, don't get me wrong. You can go buy a new car. You can go buy a a new toy, and it'll make you happy for a moment. 30 days later, it won't make you happy. Money, more stuff doesn't make you happy. My wife and I, we were on a date on Thursday. We were eating dessert. And we were just reminiscing back about how the Lord's been good to us and, and how we've just been, just been happy as a, as a married couple. When my, wife, I, when my wife and I got married back in 1997, I had just graduated from college. Tiffany was still in college. So therefore, we, we just had nothing. It was, it was just us. We moved into a, an apartment, and it was just the two of us. Didn't have any money. We were doing things God's way, honoring the Lord, applying financial principles. But, but we didn't have any money. And can I tell you, we were happy. We were happy back then. And when we bought our first house in Missouri, can I tell you, it didn't make us any more happy. We, we were grateful. We, 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 we liked our house. But, but we, it didn't make us any more happy as a couple getting more stuff. We look now 13 years later and, and, and more stuff that we've accumulated over 13 years. It, hadn't, it has not made us more happy. We were just as happy when we had nothing as we are today. Because, listen, happiness is not based on what you have. And some of you believe that, Herbert, when I get more, if I get this, I'll be more happy happy, and that's just not the case. There's a second lie that people buy into, and they get to try to get their value from money, and that is money will make me more important. It'll make me more important. Can I tell you, that's ridiculous thinking, to think that if you wear this kind of name brand clothes, you'll be more important. It's just, just goofy. If I drive this kind of car, then I'll be more important, and that's what our culture drives down our throat. I want to be a billionaire. I want to wear this, but I'm telling you, listen, you're not more important because you, you drive this kind of car or, or, or live in this kind of house. That's just ridiculous thinking, to think that you're more important and that you're more valuable because of where you live, what you drive, or what you wear. Man, that is just, that's just crazy thinking. There's a third lie that people buy into, and they try to get their value for money. And this lie is this. It's money will fix all my problems. Money will fix all my problems. And that's a lie. But yet some of you believe that. You really believe that if I can just make more money, Herbert, some of my problems would go away. I'm telling you, things would be different in my life. Let me tell you, that's a lie. Listen, if you make more money, you got a bad marriage now, and you make more money, you just have a bad marriage with more money. I mean, that's it. If you got bad relationships now, bad friendships now, you make more money, you're going to just have more money with bad friendships. It's not going to change. Listen, it won't fix all of your problems. That is just crazy thinking. If you don't have any character with no money, you're going to have bad character when you get some money. It's not going to fix all of your problems. It's a lie that people buy into and start basing their value and trust in money. And friends, can I tell you, when you try to place your value in money and get your identity for money, it never works out. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28, whoever trusts in riches gets their identity, gets their value in riches will fall. Everybody shall fall. Notice that they, they will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Friends, God never intended for us to get our self-worth from our net worth. 
It does not matter if you make $10 million a year or you make $8 an hour. You are valuable. You are very important. I want you to understand something. God created you in his image. That's why you are valuable. The Lord made you. Can I tell you, I don't care what you make, where you live, what you wear. Can I tell you that your heavenly father loves you. He loves you deeply. God loves you so much, not based on what you wear or where you live. God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die, to hang, to bleed, to suffer just for you. If you would have been the only human being that's ever walked the face of the earth, God still would have sent his son Jesus to die for your sins because you're that valuable to God. You're that important to God. The next time you want to figure out your worth and your value, don't look at your bank account. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. God loves you so much, and yet we buy into the lie that our worth and our value comes from our net worth and possessions and abundance, and that just creates stress in our life. Number two is this. There's a second money stressor, and that's focusing on get-rich-quick schemes. Get-rich-quick schemes. You know, some of the infomercials today, I, I think they're hilarious. They show testimonies of people. And a lot of these people are actors, just to let you know. And they are sitting at a big house next to the pool. And one of the people will say something like this. Last month, I made $100,000 and worked five hours. And you can too. Just send us your $99.99 and we'll ship this to you overnight and you'll get the keys to making $100,000 a month. Can I tell you? That's just goofiness. There's about one in 10 million people that that works out for. And, and, and the rest of it is just a, a, it's a pipe dream. It, it's very appealing to think that we can work very little and then earn a whole lot. But listen, get rich quick schemes for 99.9% of people lead to more financial stress, not financial peace. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 11, Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. The Bible says in Proverbs 28 and verse 20, the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. They're looking for quick rich, get-rich-quick schemes. They're going to get into trouble. It only causes trouble. Well, pastor, you know, I don't really, I don't have a job right now. I don't really want a job because I, I'm, I'm, I got some things I'm scheming on. Okay, all right. Hope that works out for you. Because <laughs> the Bible says, but a person who wants quick riches, easy riches, will get into trouble. Proverbs 14 and verse 23 says, all hard work brings a profit. Hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Having pipe dreams leads only to poverty. Here's the solution. Here's the answer to these, these get-rich-quick schemes. The Bible says in Proverbs 21 and verse 5, good planning Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Question for you that you can process with me today. Are you taking shortcuts? Are you dreaming and scheming or planning and working? Because dreaming and scheming 
leads to poverty, leads to financial stress. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. Focusing on get-rich-quick schemes will just lead to more financial stress. Number three is this. Number three is this. Being a workaholic. Being a workaholic. Because some of you don't have this get-rich-quick stress problems. Your stress is coming from working too much. You're, you're a workaholic. You're overworking yourself. And the Bible does tell us we ought to work hard. We ought to do our best, man. We ought to hold down a job and work hard, but we should not overdo it. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and verse number four, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich, trying to be a billionaire. Be wise enough to know when to quit. I like that. Be wise enough to know when to quit. And some of you in this place, some of you watching by the internet, you are literally wearing yourself out chasing the dollar bill. You're ruining, ruining your health. You are ruining your peace and your relationships chasing the dollar bill, overworking yourself, overextending yourself. I, I begin to process and think about this this week. Why do people overwork? What's the motivation? What drives people? For some people, it's I want to impress others. I want to keep up with everybody else. I want to have this image that everybody else will, will look at me and, and think these things about me because of what I, what I have or what I drive or where, where I live. And, and they're so motivated to impress people. They just overwork themselves because so they can buy more and more and more stuff. And friends, can I tell you, it's just, it's just, it's just goofy thinking to, to do that. And yet so many people buy into the lie, I want to impress others, so they overwork themselves. And they find themselves spending more money on things, it's kind of money they don't have, on things they don't even need to impress people they don't even like. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's a rat race. It's a rat race. And I want to free you today. I want to free you today. Check this out. Hear me today. A lot of the people that you, you're looking at and you're trying to compete with, and you're, they get up and so you got to get something else. They upgrade. You got to upgrade. They buy new. You got to buy new. I want you to know something. Not all of them. But the majority of the people that you're trying to compete with and you're trying to impress, most of them are flat broke. I promise you. I'm just telling you. Statistics say that. They're upgrading and they're wanting, they got this new house. They think, Lord, help me. I figure out how I'm going to pay this house payment this month. I mean, it's stress. And you're trying to be just like them. I mean, they got the new car. And let me tell you, that they're smiling. It's just they cruise to work. And they go home at night going, Lord, how am I going to pay for this car? Lord, send some money somehow. And they're trying to have this image, and you're trying to be just like them, trying to up them, trying to impress them. And I'm, friend, I'm telling you, that's just a rat race, and it leads to financial stress. There's a second reason people overwork, and many of us can relate to this. A lot of people overwork because they want to provide more for their family than they had growing up. And it's this desire as, as a dad or a mom, a husband or a wife to say, you know what? I want my kids to have more than what I had. I watched my dad and mom's marriage, and they didn't have this in their marriage. And so I want to work to provide this for my marriage. And, and there's nothing, nothing wrong to want to provide for your family. We, we ought to have that desire to provide for our family. I like, I like my kids to have some things that, that I didn't have. That, that, that's a natural desire. But hear me today. Some of you are, are overworking, and, you, and you're killing yourself because you bought them this thing that my kids have to have more than what I had. they got to have the latest, newest thing. And I'm telling you this. Your kids need you more than they need stuff. 
You got to hear me today because some of you are like, I got to continue to work. I'm saying your kids need your time. They need your input. They need your values. They need you to spend time with them. They need you at their games. They need you at home. They, they need you in their life. And yet we think, you know what, I got to get the second job or the third job. And, and listen, I realize some of you, you're going through a difficult financial time. It's been a difficult season, and you had to pick up the second job just to make ends meet. And, and I get that. But there are a lot of people that pick up the second job or the third job or the, or the overtime because they think, you know what, my, kid is, 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 my kids got to have the Xbox, whatever it is, 360, 460, whatever. They got to have the Wii. They got, they got to have the new game. They got to have, they, they, they got to wear these kind of clothes. They got to have these kind of, I got to provide this. And I'm telling you, that is so much of wrong thinking. Your kids need you more than they need stuff. They need you. And you say, well, pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. My kids are telling me that they got to have this. Your kids don't know what they need. Why are you listening to your kids? Uh, your kid is six. I mean, why are you listening? Your kid don't know what he needs. I mean, your kid could be 16. I don't make no, when I was 16, I was still a goober. How many you know what I'm talking about? I didn't know what I needed. I mean, don't tell me your kids know what they, your kids don't know what they need. You know what they need. They need you, your time, your investment, your values. They need you in their life more than they need you to give them stuff. Now, let me say the flip side of that, because some of you, you get wrong interpretation when I teach. I didn't say stay home all the time and don't work. Amen. That's not what I said. Oh, yeah, baby, I'm just staying home, investing in the kids. No, get yourself a job. Get up, boy. Go do something. Amen. I try to hit everybody, huh? Number four is this. Number four is this. Cutting ethical corners leads to stress. Cutting ethical corners leads to stress. Friends, can I tell you, when you're an unethical person and you do unethical business, not only does it displease your heavenly father, but it leads to more financial Stress. Hear what God's word says, Proverbs 16 and verse number 8. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich, than to be a billionaire and dishonest. To have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Question, you been honest? You doing the right thing? Or you been unethical? You, you cheating on your taxes? That doesn't lead to any kind of financial peace. Are you doing bad business deals? You've been shady with your business deals? That doesn't lead to financial peace. Maybe, maybe it's selling drugs or selling pills, selling illegal stuff to make a quick buck. I'm telling you, that will not lead to financial peace. Maybe it's taking your food stamps and selling it for money. It won't lead to, it won't lead to financial peace. Maybe for you, it's charging up debt with no intentions to pay it off. Ooh, I got that new credit card in the mail, 42% interest. I can't wait to go shopping. I mean, come on. And you have no intention of paying that off, unethical, cutting ethical corners. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 18, evil people get rich for the moment. It only lasts a moment. But the reward of the godly will, will last. It'll be lasting. The Bible says, Proverbs 22 and verse number 1, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Do, do you live by that? Do you believe that, that having a good reputation, doing the right thing, is, is more valuable than, than, than getting rich and having silver or gold? Nothing wrong with being rich, but if you got to do it the wrong way, I'm telling you, it won't last and it's not worth it. Is that what you say? Having a good character, doing the right thing, honoring Jesus is more important than great riches. 
The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7, let this sink into your heart today. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. There are a lot of people, perhaps some of you today, that you're thinking, hey, Herbert, I'm getting away with it. I mean, I'm getting away. I'm cheating on my taxes. I mean, nothing's happening. I've been doing it for several years. I mean, Herbert, I'm, I'm doing bad, unethical business deals. I'm being shady, but I mean, things are going good. I mean, thing, things are going, going fine. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm stepping over people to get the promotion. I'm talking about people gossiping, stepping over folks at work so I can, get, I can make them look bad and I can look good so I can move up in my career. And things are going great for me. But the Bible says this. Check this out. The Bible says, don't be deceived because you're deceiving yourself. It's self-deception to think that you can sow evil and reap good. The Bible says don't deceive yourself. A man, a woman reaps what they sow. And if you are sowing evil, sooner or later you're going to reap a harvest. If you're sowing unethical business deals, sooner or later you will reap harvest. You're not paying your taxes. Listen, you think you're getting away. Sooner or later, you will reap a harvest. And not only will you reap a negative harvest, but can I tell you, friends, it's just more stressful when you do the wrong thing. I mean, here you are now, you're telling one lie to cover up this lie. Now you're telling another lie, and now you can't remember the first lie you told. I mean, that's stress. That's stress. Come on, some of you, when somebody calls your house, you see a 1-800 number, your heart starts beating fast. Don't answer the phone. You think it's the IRS. Come on, just pay your taxes. You have to worry about the 1-800 number. Just pay your taxes. Stress. 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 Number five is this. There's a, a, a fifth money stressor, and that is wasteful spending. Wasteful spending. How many of you have done this before? I, I know I've done this before. How many of you have ever got a paycheck? And a week later, you ask yourself this question. Where did all the money go? <laughs> Where did all, I just got paid. Where did all the money go? And then we start thinking this. Man, I'm telling you, if I can just get a raise, things will be different. If I can just get a new job. Things will be, if I can just get some more money and get a promotion, I'm telling you, things will, it's, it's difficult now, but when I get this new job, when I get this promotion, when I get this raise, things will be different. And some of you, you know what? You did get the raise. You, you got the new job. You got the promotion. You're making more money than you've ever made before in your life. And, and, and how many of you have done this before? You got the raise, promotion, new job, and two months later, you ask yourself this question, where did all the money go? I just got a raise. I just got a promotion. I just, I mean, what? I just got a new job. I mean, I went in the, I still feel stressed. Things are still tight. I'm still under financial pressure. Where did all the money go? What's going on? Two words. Wasteful spending. Wasteful spending. The Bible says this, Proverbs 21 and verse number 20. The wise have wealth and luxury. Now, Talking about wealth and luxury here doesn't mean you're a billionaire. You know, wealth and luxury, most of us in this place, compared to the rest of the world, we're, we're wealthy. All, all wealthy simply means is that you have more than enough. You have enough to pay your bills, to honor God, to help somebody else out, and have some money left over. 
And the Bible says this, the wise have wealth and luxury. They have more than enough. But fools spend whatever they get. They never have anything left over. I'm going to say something right now that will revolutionize your life. You got to be knowing where your money is going. Oh, yeah, I'm a rapper just like the brother on the stage. You got to be knowing where your money, where your money is going. You got to be knowing where your money is going. Say it with me. You got to be knowing where your money is going. You're a rapper too. Join the club. Good job. But you got to be knowing where your money is going. I got an assignment for you. Now, half of you are not going to do it anyways, but the half of you that will, I want you, I want you to hear me. I, I want you to do this assignment this week. Get, get a notebook, maybe a piece of paper, a small little spiral notebook, a pen. Here's what I want you to do. For one week, just one week, I want you to write down everything that you spend. Just one, I'm just asking you to do it. Just one week. You got to be knowing where your money is going. Just, just jot, I mean, every penny you spend. Come on, when you pull up to, to Sonic, because it's happy hour. You know, I'm saving some money. It's happy hour. Two to four, happy hour. And you go and get your big Route 44, you know what I mean? Half just, just write it down. Just write it down. I mean, you, you keep track. When you go get your hair did, and you got to get four colors this time instead of two, that's okay, but just write it down. Come on, just, just write it down. Come on, the weather's going to get cold here. I got to get golfing one more time. Just, just go ahead and jot, jot that Starbucks you got to have in the morning. Just, just, jot, just, take, just write it down. I'm just asking you to do it for one week, and next Sunday we'll have a party because you're going to be able to look instead of saying, where did my money go? You'll say, that's where my money went. You got to be knowing where your money is going. One of the things that revolutionized my wife and I is when we, several years ago, we've been doing this for years, keeping track of where we spend our money to the penny. We know where our money is going. We don't get to the end of the month and go, where did the money go? It's, this is where the money went. It will revolutionize your life. I'm asking you to do it for one week. Some of you say, well, pastor, I, I just can't do it. I, that's just not my personality type. I'm just not the organization. It don't take your person. It don't matter about your personality. I don't care about your blood type. A, B, I don't care. It takes a piece of paper and a pen. That's it. And write it down. It don't matter about your, it don't, don't give me all this. I ain't organized stuff. Just a piece of paper and write it down and figure out where your money is going. Number six is this. Number six is this. Not getting God involved. Trying to run your finances on your own leads to stress. Around two years ago, the interior decorator that is over our house decided to do some remodeling in our house. Her name's Tiffany. All right, that's it, that's it. That's our interior decorator. And Tiffany wanted to move our entertainment center. And man, it's one of those big honking entertainments. I mean, just big. We, we bought it when we were in Missouri and, and she wanted to move that upstairs. And I mean, the thing is big. And so I kind of get over there and kind of move around a little bit, rock it a little bit. I'm thinking, this thing's heavy. I'm thinking me and Tiffany trying to get these up the stairs, you know, get up those few stairs. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to break my back. And see, I, I'm not like some of you men, you know, some of you ladies, you're married to a man's man. I move the couch by myself. I don't need nobody. You know, that's not me. 
I know my gifts. I know my strengths. That's why I got soft hands. That's right. That's right. I know where my strengths are. And so what I do, I pick up the phone. I call a couple of the fellas. And so I call a couple of staff guys, and, and, and they show up to my house one day. And, and, and Shane Hood, Shane's on staff here. I love Shane. Shane's a man's man. I'm serious. He's a man. Shane comes over. Shane's got his own personal dolly. That's right. He got a dolly. I mean, I don't own no dolly. But Shane got himself a dolly. I'm telling you. He got, and he put that, we put that thing on my, on my entertainment set, and he's got a dolly with a strap on it. Man, put that strap around that dolly. Leaned it back, man, just cruising, rolling up. And it, it was several guys. It was about three. They didn't even need me. I just kind of coached them. All right, up the stairs. Don't hit the wall. Don't hit the wall. You get my carpet there, I mean, we got that thing up there together like nobody's business. And you know what? That's how a lot of us handle our finances. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm man enough. I'm woman enough. And there's a God in heaven that wants to help you. I, I, no, no, I'm, I'm going to handle this problem. I'm going to do it by myself. God says, why, why would you do it all by yourself when I want to help you? And the Bible says in Proverbs 3 and verse 9 and 10, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Now, this was an agricultural society. And so they, they weren't necessarily having, having money, but they had pigs and cows and sheep. And God said, give me, the, give me the first and the best. In other words, they were giving God, you know, the old scrawny looking sheep, disease. This is the Lord. Here, God, here's your sheep. God said, don't be whipping out your tin off, throwing it in. Don't, don't treat me like that. Don't, don't give me what you got left over. Give it to me first. Give me the first and the best. He says, your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. God says, I'll get involved. I'll help you. I'll bless you if you'll get me involved. Some of the best financial advice I could ever give you is honor God when times are good and honor God when times are bad. I'm telling you, you want to be stressed out? Be a big boy and big girl and just do it all by yourself without the Lord's help and his blessing. For me personally, when times are going good, I honor the Lord. I put him first. When times are going bad, I sure want to honor God and want him first and want his blessing on my life. And there's a man in our church who was going through some incredible trouble, a trying time. And his testimony, I watched this week, his testimony just blessed me. On how he honored God, even during difficult times. And God always shows up and lightens the load. Check out this video. We came to Trebles Church October 2007, just off of a gut, and you know, wanted to be involved in a great church. So we started attending. And when we heard about it through the walking through the mall at Quail, um, and just heard about it in just different culture. You know, it's not it's not your traditional church, you know, and that was one thing I was I was, I was grateful for that you can come how you want to come. Um, and there's no pressure on that. There's no pressure with ethnicity and, and there's nothing. Everything is who you are. And so we just took a leap of faith and started to go somewhere as a family because uh, we came from two little bit different um, church backgrounds and we wanted to start fresh and start off right. And, you know, we, we listened to a message and finally just showed up and, and I've, been, I've been here ever since. My wife started tithing because she got an intuition that something was going to happen, to be honest with you. Um, again, we came to People's Church in 2007 in October, really started committed. She started tithing within shortly after that, and then January 1st of 2008 was diagnosed with cancer. I was scared. 
um, because I thought we were, you know, we were living right, and I was like, we're going to be great, about to start a new family together, um, and I just, I mean, at a point, I, I doubted God. I, I was really hesitant because I'm like, how are you going to bless me, and then you might possibly take something away from me. I realized at that point in my life that, you know, God's not going to put anything on me that I can't bear. And I was like, you know, we're going to get through this. So that's when I really just started getting committed into church. I started getting plugged into people's church as far as Epic and just making sure, you know, we still attend church. We still tithe. We still do everything that we're supposed to do. Uh, my, wife, my wife just wasn't able to work physically. I was off work for an extended period of time. You know, it was hard for me not wanting to tithe because I needed that money. But something told me one morning, said, keep, keep tithing. Have faith in me. And so I still tied while she was in the hospital getting her stem cell transplant, while she was doing the chemo and radiation. I still pay, still pay my, still pay God, and God blessed me tenfold. I don't know how my bills got paid. Honestly, I don't. But I miraculously paid all the bills. Had money left over. Um, was able to buy a house last year. Um, able to pay off some debt, and 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 is blessed. You gotta let go. That's the biggest thing. We, you have to let go and understand that God's going to take care of you. You know, money is only money, but eternal happiness is forever. You know, you, you just got to let your guard down. I let my guard down. It was the hardest thing I had to do, but I'm blessed. And I know for a fact God's going to bless whoever it is or whoever you are in this, in this outcome. God's going to watch over you and your family. You know, so tithing is something that he doesn't ask you to do. It's one of the few requirements that tells you to do. And, you know, tithing is just something that after time will come natural that you won't even think about it. It's just going to happen. I don't worry about money anymore. It's all because God, I'm doing what God said. Uh, my wife had her stem cell transplant, and as of still today, it's still cancer-free. And it's by the grace of God. And by everything, is all he says is just do what you, I ask you to do. And we've done what we've asked him to do, and he's blessed us tenfold. Um, so I'm not scared if something happens because God has an ultimate plan. Isn't that great, man? That just, that really blessed me, man. That, that blessed me. Honor God. And I would just encourage him, put God first. Just test him with the tithe. Put him first. Just watch how he works in your life. And maybe you're a first-time guest here and you're thinking, oh, all preachers want is money and all churches... And if you feel that way, if, if, if you think our motives are bad, hey, I encourage, I so believe in this. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. I encourage you, go to another church and just try it. Just, just put God first. Quit trying to carry the financial load on your own and invite God by returning the tithe, honoring him, and invite him into your life. And just see, won't God bless you? Won't things be easier with his blessing in his hand and exchanging your financial stress for his financial peace? And I would encourage you, don't, don't treat tithing, tithing like a diet, you know. I tried tithing. No, 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 no. That's like saying I tried to eat healthy for a month. It, it, I mean, you got to work it. you got to be faithful. you got to honor God in good times and bad times. And just watch God be faithful like he was to Jeff. He's not a respecter of person. He'll be faithful to you. Father, I bless you today and I honor you. I'm thankful today that people.